3: Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Paul Datino, Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number is 201 939 4513. We'll start screening your calls in about 10 or 15 minutes or so uh, as the Giants continue their head coaching search here at 1925 Giants Drive. Mr. Detino, Mr. Fiegel's, Jeff, Hi. I talked to Paul yesterday. How was your weekend?
4: Uh, it was great. watching those football games that's uh that was pretty impressive i will tell you that so had a good weekend uh good to hear both of your voices glad to be on today guys you know how appropriate is it too that jeff would enjoy the weekend so much when special teams was such a key
5: factor in the games
4: my god yeah (laughs) right i mean uh yeah big plays that's uh something that you look for in those types of games it will take you to the promised land and that surely happened uh for the 49ers and uh you know I don't know if you guys heard this or not but Robbie Gould reached out to Lawrence Tynes before the game and asked him about conditions and how to kick there <laughs> so evidently he listened to him because it worked um and just what a great game to play in and I tell you I we know we've been there and that game was chilly and Robbie Gould who you know was with the Giants uh, years ago is just just an outstanding kicker and you couldn't ask for a guy to be in that position to make that type of kick, a, a salty veteran. And I will tell you this, guys, talk about special teams. If I'm a head coach in the National Football League and I know that my team's got a chance, I am going to have a good kicker uh, because all these games, as you know, came down to those types of plays. And uh, with exception to the last one, the, the, I was falling asleep. Of course, I can't stay up that late. But I had one eye open and one to it the wasn't thing. It wasn't
5: even that
3: late, Jeff. It was like ten o'clock.
4: Yeah, it's late for me. Yeah, but
5: he's really old, John. Well, yeah, that right. is
4: that is true. Yeah. But, okay. You know
5: what I don't get? Why would Robbie have done that when he was on the twenty sixteen playoff team that went to Green Bay with the Giants? I don't. I hey, mean, well, he would have well, I mean, kicked there in January before. Yeah, but it wasn't like one degree for that game in twenty sixteen. No, actually, it was a lot
3: warmer
0: yeah. that day.
4: Plus, you know what? It's always like to get a you know a different set of eyes on something. Hey, maybe you yeah. you you know experience something different than I did. Um, I thought it was great strategy by him. Great guy, by the way. Sure, yes. great can kicker.
3: I, can I you
4: tell can do you whatever one, you want, John?
3: Can I tell you one thing that annoys me, though?
4: <laughs> okay, about the game or no, him? Just, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> just I love Robbie. Great dude. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, really great dude. Here, here, here's one thing that annoys me. Spe- I, I agree and concur with everything you guys just said. I agree and concur that special teams can cost you games, and they're extremely important. Where I will fight back a little bit, the, and I, I've heard a lot of people say this, special teams are not a third of the game. If you look at the number of plays run per game on offense and defense and special teams, it is not a third of the game. It is no. less than that, and okay. that's okay.
0: Yeah. But it is, it is
3: not a full third. But it is still vitally important because, especially with field goals, there are scoring plays involved and scoring plays that can sometimes be the last play of the game that can win or lose you games. And, you know, kick and punt returns can be momentum swingers, all that stuff. Totally agree with all that. But it is not a full third of the game is all
4: I'll say. It's a a third of the game because there's three parts to the game. Right. Right. That's why it's a third, 33, 33, 33. I will agree with you that it's not a third of the football game but it is a third of the component of a football game wow, gentlemen
5: there are times huh? when special good? teams is 80 percent of your offense and we've seen that before
4: well it can't listen it, it we're not saying that it never is a third it could it could be it could be a half at one point times times when it's more too. yeah so um but understand Paul, that, i would say that understand is the discussion extremely extremely rare and, 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 have and, you and it, watched a lot of football <laughs> around here lately? If <laughs> you watched it? Forty percent of the offense for the Giants last year was field goals.
3: Well, <laughs> as I was about to say, if that's if that's the case, you have big offensive problems, <laughs> and and probably Large. whatever you on, and whatever you do on special teams probably isn't going to move a needle enough to make up for that. Would be the point I would make on that. Fair, anyway. Okay, uh, Jeff, I expect it, I'm it. i very proud of our ability to come to an agreement on that because I think both of us are correct, and I believe we're very fair on that.
4: I, well, I do believe that if you really wanted to take it further, it could be some good discussionary points in there, but I understand the theory.
3: Yes, and I understand where you're coming from yeah. as well. All right, cool. All right, let's get to the Giants coaching search, guys. Uh, the Giants announced their interview with Dan Quinn yesterday here at uh, the uh, training center. So that's another guy, and it's the— Second guy because Leslie Frazier was one. He has head coaching experience. That has head coaching experience. Obviously, five years with the Falcons. He finished around right right around five hundred in his five years there. Got to that one Super Bowl. We know about the blown lead, but he still had his team with a you know twenty eight to three lead against Tom Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So you know, to me, if you're someone that's looking for the guy that you have confidence in to run a team and run an organization. I feel like of the guys that have been talked to you so far, given the success Quinn had as a, has has had as a head coach, this would probably be the guy that that faction of fans would probably favor. And while Quinn did a great job with the Cowboys defensively this year, I don't think I'm necessarily hiring him for the X's and O's. I'm hiring him because I like the job he did running a team, an organization in Atlanta, getting them to a Super Bowl. Or at least that's how I look at it. Do you guys look at
4: it the same way? Go ahead, Paul. Well, I talked to John yesterday, so I thought I'd let you go first. Oh, that's okay. Well, I, I feel like this. Um, I agree with you. I agree um, because he's got experience, and I would rather have somebody with experience. However, I would rather try to fix something that is extremely broke um, with an offensive minded coach with experience. now which one does that have that mean you, you can just do the math right but to me um, when I look at Dan Quinn, I would ask him the question I know you're a defensive guy that's great. you have history at, at you did well at Atlanta you did well with the with the uh, Cowboys this year who? Are you bringing in to help this offense? That would be the question that I would have. And and how valuable would it would that guy be to the organization? So I, I would like to have a, a guy that's there, that has been a head coach, because I'm kind of tired of the learning curve. But that's just me. So that's how I respond to that. Dan Quinn. I would want to know who his offensive guy is going to be because that's just as important to me almost as being having the head coach is who he is. Right.
3: Does I, that but, make sense? Yeah, though no, it does, Jeff. Let, let me ask you a follow-up very quickly. Yeah. So of the guys that have been h- interviewed so far, Leslie Frazier, Lou Anarumo, yeah. Brian Dable mm-hmm. uh, for the first time, and then Dan Quinn, taking the X's and O's out of it, of a guy that you have the most faith in that can do the CEO position of head coach – would Quinn be the guy that strikes you most of that group? Or is there someone else that you would put up there
4: with him in that respect? Two things. Number one, I think he goes to the top in that kind of uh, critique, if you will, because of his experience. Leslie Flazier also has that type of head coaching experience,
3: but didn't have success to the same level that Quinn had. Sure.
4: Mm -hmm. Sure. That's a good point. Um, I feel like the other thing is the relationship. And I know this all comes into play with Joe Shane. Where does this type of relationship have? And John Mara said there's no package deals, but, you know, I think that Dayball has a guy. There's a a relationship there. But to answer your question, I think Dan Quinn would meet that criteria for me.
5: Paul? Well, you guys know how I feel about this. I, I would feel a lot more comfortable if the guy had been a head coach in the National Football League beforehand. Okay. I'm not. My preference, again, this is me. Nobody else in the building has said this. My preference is the guys had NFL head coaching experience before. So off off the board immediately, you know, I start narrowing down the candidates. And Dan Quinn is the only one of the mentioned candidates with NFL head coaching experience who has taken a team to the Super Bowl. So I think that pretty much Mm -hmm. spells it out how I would go right now.
3: Yeah, and I know a lot of fans. I've seen this on on Twitter, and I really am trying not to look at it because it's just crazy talk so half the time.
4: <laughs> I'm sure, but
3: but they're really concerned with you know what Quinn's defenses were ranked in his times in Atlanta and stuff like that. Honestly, that wouldn't worry me in, in terms of criteria for a few reasons. One, if you look at those Atlanta teams, most of the resources were put into the offense, right? In terms of who they paid and and you know. Name me, like, three or four, like, awesome high draft picks that, you know, were really good players on that defense. There just weren't really that many of them. You know, you go front to back. You know, they were trying to find a pass rusher there for years, and and, and they tried. They tried to draft guys, but they never could. Um, that's number one. And he also had defensive coordinators in there. He changed guys around. He was more involved, then he was less involved, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway... The second part of it is that he really changed his defensive philosophy a lot when he went to Dallas this year. And the system that he implemented and used in Dallas was much different than the one he used in his his five years in Atlanta. So those would be the the, the notations I put on that for the fans that are concerned about the defensive performances of his teams in Atlanta. That that wouldn't necessarily be a huge concern for me when I think about Dan Quinn.
5: That's very fair, John. And to be honest with you, uh, you asked – Jeff a minute ago about you know what's the most important question for him and and Jeff said well you'd want to ask a guy like that about his his OC well I'm going to go one step further I want to know who his offensive line coach is going to be because as I said during the last two coaching and three coaching regimes the offensive line coach may very well be just a millimeter behind in terms of importance uh, from those
4: coordinators it's
3: certainly the most important assistant coach on the Huge. Huge on the staff. No yeah. question. Huge. Totally agree.
4: Yeah. And you, and you can kind of – I haven't done this, but you, when you look at some of the coaches that are available as assistants, I think there's probably some pretty good ones out there, you would hope. Um, I, I don't know. and But that's – because we have to fix the offense. And not only does the offensive coordinator have to do that, I think the position coach, the one that warrants the most attention will be that offensive line. And we'll see how that goes. So. Um, I, I like, you know, listen, I, I feel like also when you talk about the general manager being uh, never have been a general manager, you certainly would like to have a head coach that has experience that has been able to work as a head coaching job and working with the general manager and kind of helping him through some of the things that he may or may not have been through before.
5: I think if both are rookies, you kind of open yourself up to a greater chance of things going awry.
3: All right, and Jeff, you mentioned this too, and and I'm and as anybody who's listened to the last few days or a week, I'm on board with you. I think getting so here to to get this offense right, yeah. you know, because if there's one thing we've watched in this playoffs, if you want to have long-term success over a long period of time, you need an quarterback. elite quarterback yeah. that's paired with an offensive mind, right? And those yeah. guys can work together to to make things happen. And it's hard to keep a top offensive coordinator in your building because someone's going to try to hire him as their head coach, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Of the guys that have been interviewed so far, the only one that has an offensive history is Brian Dable, right? He did the yeah. first interview over the weekend. Uh, we'll see, you know, when and if there's a second one. We know there's reports out there that, you know, what's going on at a particular time. We cannot confirm or deny that until the Giants uh, say, in fact, it's happening. So I went back and I looked, guys, and this just shows you how tough life is in the National Football League. Oh. So <laughs> Brian Dable's history as an offensive coordinator, right, in the NFL. 2009 and 2010 in the Cleveland Browns. That was his first role at it. Head coach Eric Mangini. His, did you guys take a guess who his two quarterbacks were those two years.
4: Um, it was a bald headed guy. What's his name? Um, he was a backup forever, and like he's been. What? That's the one guy I'm trying to remember who his name is. Colt McCoy. No, 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 no. Because, yes, that is one of them, and he oh, was here. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, No, I wasn't, wouldn't have guessed that. I'm, just, I'm thinking of some other guy. Uh, well, he, uh, he Brian isn't.
3: Hoyer? No, it was actually Brady Quinn. Brady so Quinn. So Brady wow. Quinn and Colt McCoy okay. were his two quarterbacks in 09 and 10. Shockingly, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> so Eric Mangini was out after two years, and Brian Dable obviously was out with him. Again, you're limited by your quarterback situation. 2011, he hooked up. With the Miami Dolphins. He was the offensive coordinator under Tony Sperano, who wow. got fired midseason, and Todd Bowles took over for him. Wow. His three quarterbacks that year. And you know, when I list three, it probably wasn't a great year uh, Kellen Moore, Chad Henney, and J.P. Losman. <laughs> J.P. Losman. Wow, Good luck okay. with that. Yeah. Then he went to the Chiefs in 2012. Todd Haley, head coach, fired midway through the year. Oh, geez. Replaced by Romeo Cornell. Quarterbacks that year, Matt Castle, Tyler Pelko, and Kyle Orton. (laughs) I didn't even bother looking up the offensive rankings those years because I frankly just didn't think it would be relevant. Tyler Pelko. So it just shows you for a guy that now is, you know, one of the coveted offensive minds out there, you know, for those first four years, he caught three different staffs that were fired because of the quarterback situations. Let's be honest. I mean, that's why they had struggles. And then he picked up with the bills. Obviously in 2018 he did some stuff in between there. Obviously he ended up being the OC for Alabama. They went they won the national championship with TuA. Um, then he went to the bills. In 2018, that was Josh Allen's rookie year. They had the 30th ranked offense, 31st passing offense, ninth rushing offense. 2019, they improved to 24th, 26th in pass, eighth in run. Then in 2020, Josh Allen takes his huge jump. Right, that's when he, you know, becomes right the yep. Pro Bowl, you know, superstar, All-Pro quarterback he is today.
4: Forty touchdowns, so whatever. All was, that right, stuff, is crazy. Yeah, tied
3: for second overall offense, and this is yards per game, third in passing yards per game, twentieth in rush, and then this year they were fifth overall on offense, sixth rushing the ball. A lot of that has to do with Josh Allen, by the way, and him running the ball, and ninth passing the football. So. Needless to say, the offense is, is oftentimes married to the quality of, of the quarterback play you have. Sure. So, uh, and his success in Buffalo was was very much linked to Josh Allen taking that step and becoming that star quarterback. So, you know, I, I, we had this conversation a little bit yesterday when Stoss called up, Jeff. I'd like to get your take mm-hmm. on it. Figuring out like where the Dable greatness begins, where the Allen greatness begins, how it is them working together. Obviously, he gets a ton of credit for developing Allen to the point where he made that jump in his third year. Just how do you view that whole progression there with Dable and the Bills with Josh Allen?
4: I I view it as a guy that you know he was part of the. Actually, to take honestly, look at Joe Shane and and Brian Dable, they were both part of the process of bringing in their quarterback. And so now you look at how they ascended in three years. um, I would say that that has, you know, when you look at what's going on here, um, you know, and again, we've talked about this, guys. This is not that I'm saying that the Giants don't want Daniel Jones or they're going to continue to keep whatever new eyes. okay? (laughs) new guys. So there's going to be. Somewhere down the line where they're going to have to figure out if Daniel Jones can be that guy. He's already got experience, but is it because of the lack of offense that he's been around in the last two or three years? I would say yes. So maybe there's a chance that he can ascend Daniel Jones this upcoming season where they get a chance to say, hey, maybe this guy is the guy. But if not, I think that they're going to have to try to find that quarterback because that ultimately, John, as you mentioned... When you look at the playoffs and how we watched the games this last weekend, you have got to have a quarterback to win in the National Football League and one that plays at a high level. I don't mean just a good one. they they got to be really good, okay, because the other teams are going to have really good quarterbacks also. Paul?
5: There's really nothing much to add here except that when you evaluate coordinators, John, you just did something that was extremely useful to most people who want to throw arrows at, at other guys, you can't just look at the coordinator and say, well, look at where his team ranked on certain years. No, no. It's about the personnel that he had.
4: Yeah. 100%. When you consider
5: a coordinator. Okay. And let's make something very clear. Steve Spagnolo is one of the greatest defensive coordinators of the last 15 years in the National Football League. Okay. He had stellar years when he had stellar talent. And he maxed those guys out and got them to championship level. Yeah. When he had a bunch of, let's just say, ham and eggers on his unit, he did everything he could to make them somewhat competitive. So the key when you look at a coordinator is you look at the the talent level that he had on his unit and you say, did he max out what he could get out of them? You don't look at the ranking and say, well, they were the 21st defense in the league. Because if they had the 32nd talent in the league and he got them to 21, it means he's a superstar coordinator. But most people don't do that because they look at the shell of the onion instead of peeling back the onion. John, you just peeled back the onion, and I commend you because Brian Dable has worked with some real ham-and-egger offenses during the course of his career. All and when you have ham-and-eggs, you usually get ham and eggs. You're not going to get filet mignon out of it.
3: All right, two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. We'll go to the phones here in just a second. Just a reminder, folks, if you're looking for season tickets for the 2022 season, you can check it out now. It's just uh, one hundred bucks. Make sure you you know give us a call and check it out as the Giants get ready for 2022. It's it's kind of a new beginning here. You can call a Giants ticket representative now at 888-NYG-1925. Ronnie in Florida will lead us off. Ronnie, what's going on?
1: Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking the call. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, great. Great. Okay, well, from Florida, a long-time uh, family of Giants fans here, going all the way back to the Yankee Stadium days. We're on the head coach topic, so I wanted to offer a little tidbit here as a fan. Something I don't want to see. We have Shane here now. I would hate to see a little bit of cronyism. I see the resume of Dable with the development. I think you guys are just going on about that with Josh Allen. I get that. But as far as Leslie Frazier goes, he already lost the interview on Sunday night. Because to let I understand it's Kansas City, but that's who you're going to have to beat. And if his defense is going to fold like that, Leslie Frazier, he's off the table. Dable, okay. I think it could be exciting, but what I see from Dable is he lets his quarterback run where he could be in danger, and we saw that with Jones. We ring back to that Dallas Cowboy game, and we say, whoa, I don't know if I want Jones running wild anymore. But anyway, guys, my tidbit is I'd love to see somebody like Dan Quinn. I, you know, Of course, he's an experienced guy, and he's also a native as well. So I like that. Or let's see Brian Flores. I want to see what you guys think, and I'll take your comments.
3: Okay. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Um, I'll just say very quickly on Flores. Obviously, the Giants have not um, announced any interview with him yet. I know a lot of fans are talking about him. I would just very – you know, you have to figure out exactly why he was let go down there. I think mm-hmm. that's, a, that, that's a big part of that. And look at the – Assisting coach history that he had when he was in Miami as well, and how that went, and you just okay. kind of have to figure out why all that happened, and then you can kind of make your decision on him i think that's that's kind of what I focus on when i look at when I look at Flores as a potential candidate again, the Giants have not announced an interview with him, just talking hypothetically
4: hmm. i yeah, I think that you know everybody's got to be got to do your due diligence. And I think that there has to be some answers as why things went down. And again, there's a lot of things guys that we know behind the scenes that nobody will ever know. But just when you hear about some of the things that did happen down there, there is a question in my mind about how, um, he, he reacts to certain things, how he interacts with coaches and, you know, members of the management, things like that. So that, that's a little concerning to me. I really do because you really go back, and I know you probably have looked at this, John, but if you go back and look at the, the names that have left that building and how quickly the turnaround was with, you know, there was a lot of movement in coaches' staff there. Well, what is that? Is that the general manager? Is that the head coach? What is that? That's, that's concerning to me. Um, what is? I tell you what I do like about Brian Flores is that I feel like this players play for him. I think that when they're 0-7, uh, they kept it going. No question. Absolutely. And so that means a lot to me because that's coaching. That's really good coaching. So what weighs more on the minds of the hiring? Is it how he's treated people and what the history is with coaches? Or are you going to get your team to the promised land by doing things the right way, how you're doing your coaching part of it? So how about you, Paul? Well, we discussed some of the
5: positives and negatives about Flores over the last couple of shows. I mean, Uh I I don't really think we need to repeat them, but I will say this. One of the components that the head coach has to have, and I think a lot of us overlook it, but you can't overlook it in today's game, he's got to be able to handle the uh, PR part of it because uh, we've seen guys who tended to crack and, and did not make things better In terms of their dealing with the media, because let's face it, the head coach is the face of the franchise because he's the guy who's going to talk five times a week, six times a week and be the conduit to the fans. And not everybody can handle that part of the job really, really well. And unfortunately, because look, I'm a football guy, I care about what's on the field. I care about what happens at practice. I care about what happens in the in the uh, the film room. I care about what happens in the draft room. That's the stuff I care about personally because I'm an old-school football guy. I'm not as much into the 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 media-savvy stuff as most people have to be. No, I don't care about either.
3: I'm with you at that point. Okay, okay. Yeah.
5: that's not the way I am, John. I'm, I'm not built that way. But in today's game, especially in this market – you better be able to handle that component of it because it is part of the job, especially if the waters get a little rocky and you start taking on some gallons. All of a sudden, <laughs> they get really heavy and that boat starts to go the wrong way. So it, it's got to be part of it. The guy's personality and his ability to handle and navigate people skills to the outside has to be considered. I don't, I don't like that it does, but it does.
3: Two zero one Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. He's up
6: next. Pete, what's up? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. How are you? Great, Pete. How are you doing? Good. Um, John, you stole my thunder right off the bat because I was going to bring up those three coaching um, things with, um, with Dable, uh, Cleveland, Miami, and Chiefs. Now, I don't like the fact that Andy, Andy didn't uh, take them aboard when Andy took the job. But you know, and you know, obviously Andy knows a little bit about offensive football, so that would be my only conduit on that. Paulie, um, uh, you just talked about the media, and uh, you know, look, this is the media center right here, and uh, you know, I agree with you. I mean, you have to be able to take it and give it, and you know, in a lot of these interviews and post games, post uh, post game conferences and whatnot. You know, a lot of these guys crumble under the pressure, and you are correct. And, uh, you know, um, and oftentimes I wonder, you know, when, they, when they're when they speaking to the fan base and, and we don't understand what the hell they're saying, you know, um, you know it, it makes me think like uh, can the players even understand what they're saying, you know? So, uh, you know, if they're communicating it correctly, you know, but anyway, my my call isn't about that. Really, it's 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 more to be a, like a little bit of a devil's advocate, you know. As far as let's say a Quinn, all right. When he went to the Super Bowl, his team was 27th in the league overall in defense, and then they lost. Uh, then they were they had to lead 28 to three and blew that. So, in in, in my opinion, uh, you know, and I know what he did with Dallas' defense last year, and and like you were saying, and John and and Jeff. You have to have the players. I think it's it's clear that they have the defensive players, and they coach them up well, okay? But, you know, that 27th uh, overall defense Super Bowl year, that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit, okay? And, Paulie, we had this discussion a little bit on Twitter the other day where I said to you what concerns me about Dable and his offense is that I want to say it's probably 20%, right, um, Josh Allen and his weight. And we have a quarterback right now, and, you know, I'm thinking Daniel's going to be back next year that is in, has been injured. And this can't be denied. Okay, so this, in fact, takes away, in my opinion, it takes away at least 20% of the game you know, for, for uh, his offense. And to me, that's that's a little kind of, you, you, you're on a tightrope now because I'm not saying that, that Jones is, is Josh Allen, right? Um, not Because we don't, quite frankly, we don't know what he is yet. But if he uses that kind of offense and you take away 20% of that offense or 25% of that offense, that's, that's an awful lot to take away. Now, an to be fair, lot.
5: what did I respond to you? Yes. Oh, what you was my response?
6: That you, what you said was that, uh, you know, naturally he would have to, uh, uh, you know, offset his game plan or change change the way he does things. No, naturally. no, the, the
5: response that... was he also did not have Saquon Blackley in Buffalo. Oh, that's correct.
6: I'm sorry, Paul. Now,
5: now correct. that's a huge component that any offensive coordinator would love to have. And I'm not defending Dayball at all, but I would believe that any coordinator who comes to East Rutherford is going to say to himself, "Hmm, Saquon Barkley, uh, as long as he's healthy, I got myself one hell of a toy.
3: Yeah, and and I'll say this, too. I think we're getting too micro here. You know, yeah, last year in yeah. 2020... Josh Allen had 421 rushing yards, and they didn't have to rush him because they were throwing the ball over the yard, and the offense was fine. So I don't think this is a situation where you take the running quarterback out of the offense and the offense falls apart. This isn't, you know, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore here, right, where that's like, the, you know, that the read option with him and him as a running threat is central to everything they do. What Josh Allen does as a runner in Buffalo is complimentary. That's not, like, the basis of their offense. So I would not let that if I'm a fan, determine whether or not I'm going to hire him as a coach. Because last year, when they had far fewer design runs with Josh Allen, I have to take a look at how many actual design runs he had, but it's a lot fewer than he had this year. The offense was still dominant, and it was just fine. So, I, Pete, I, I would not let that be the thing that dissuades you from Brian Dayball.
6: Oh, no. Well, I'm not saying dissuade. I'm just bringing up a point where I thought, that like twenty percent of his offense was predicated on the legs of a, of a Josh. And 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 we might not have that. Where are you weapon. getting the twenty
3: percent from?
6: Well I'm just I'm just thinking that it's around that. Because no. <laughs> I've watched a number of i watched a number of their games and every time I watch their games, Josh is either he's out of the pocket running or or doing an RPO or something like that. I'm just surmising, John. I'm, I'm, you know, I might be off five, 5%, five 8%, but it's something in that range. Just
5: remember one thing, too, and, and again, I'm not, I don't, I'm not in this to debate you or to argue for either side, but when, he, when Dayball was the quarterback's coach with the Jets, he had Brett Favre, who at that point in his career was old, uh, started to break down some, and basically they just needed him to throw it. And he wasn't running at all and they had Thomas Jones in the backfield and he and he ran it and he caught it and they had Leon Washington who was a third down back and so you know to be frank Dable's offense when he had Favre because he wasn't a runner looked a hell of a lot different than the offense he's running with Josh Allen don't you think
6: well i do and and honestly Paul I'm like I'm not I'm not saying I don't like the Dable you know uh, you know, being a uh, candidate, I certainly do not. You know, I I like I like this, but and, I'm and to just be fair too, up- he
5: wasn't the OC at the time with the Jets. He was working with Schottenheimer, but I know I'm sure he had a lot to do with what was going on. That's all.
6: Yeah, and you know what? Like I said, I'm I'm not saying it's a it would be a bad hire, and, and you know if in fact we go that direction, I'm just uh, bringing up a point that um, and I'm sure he's going to adapt to the personnel that he has. That's that's quite obvious. You know, but, uh, you know, listen, um, I'm glad you took the call. I'm glad I got my point across. I'm glad you guys answered. I love you guys. You know I do. And I'll be calling in soon after the hire. Hopefully it okay. comes soon enough. <laughs>
3: yeah. Awesome. Be well, guys. Appreciate the call, Take man. it easy. Just to what? give you an idea, I just yeah. looked it up.
4: Well, I mean, can I real quick? Just, yeah, please, so, Jeff. Go ahead. But, hmm? but 20% of the offense at 400, I'm just saying 450 yards rushing on the season, that's dollars. $26, $26, 26 yards a game. That that can't be twenty percent of their offense. Twenty six yards a game is not twenty percent of their offense, right? right? And am I? It's, I understand where he's saying, but I don't think I think twenty percent is really too. When it comes to his legs, there's no way that that's twenty percent of the offense.
3: Well, I'm looking at it right now, and they can sort this. So, Josh Allen, and again, I think I'm sorting this right with with PFF's charting here. Um, design runs as a rookie they have them for 42 68 in 2019 75 in 2020 and 72 in 2021 so it actually went down by three but even with that being the case there's what 18 there's 17 games now yeah so you're looking at four a game four and a half per game
5: runs that's not a lot You know, the only number that might skew that a little, John, and I don't know if you have access to this, too, is how many times, you know, he was faking a run and actually pitched the ball to the running back. They do some of that, too. But that's not going to be more than, what, twice a game? Yeah. It's still not going to make it a huge number.
3: Yeah, I I just – look, I think he does it with Josh Allen, and I was reading a couple things about Dayball today, which I think, you know, you like, is that he kind of really takes a lot of different plays from different places. There was a great article – uh, on the Bills' website about how Cole like brought him a play from SMU in the offseason. He said, I think this will work. And he like tried it out. It uh-huh. worked, and it got put in the playbook. So he's willing to grab bag plays from a lot of different places to to find what works with the players on the roster. Mm-hmm. And I think if he had a quarterback that you know didn't have the durability and ability to run the way Josh Allen does, he wouldn't do it. And I don't think that would destroy what he does offensively. I don't think it's that integral a part of what he does. Here's a question for you two guys I'd like an answer to. And I don't know if I have one yet. I was going to try to watch some more tape today and tomorrow as I'm trying to also prep for the Senior Bowl. Um, how would you categorize the passing system that Dayball and the Bills use? Like, what's the the lineage of it? Is it Air Coriel lineage? Is it Ron Earhart lineage? Is it West Coast offense lineage? How would you guys describe that? Because I don't think I have a great answer. He kind of, it kind of comes from I think that Earhart School, because that's kind of where all the Belichick stuff comes from. But h- how would you guys
4: describe it? God, it's tough, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I describe it as big plays. I, I mean, I forever see on Sports Center every weekend that Diggs is catching some sort of a big time pass play from. From uh, Josh Allen. Now, how's it this? I don't think it's a West. I don't
3: think it's a West Coast no. Shanahan. Style. No, I don't. I not would not that. go there. I don't right. think
4: it's a dink and dunk kind of. Just like a, you know, I don't think it's that. Um, God, a lot of play action. A lot of play action. I think that's really predicated on. Uh, you know, I don't know. Think they have a great running game, but I know that they do use it a lot. Um, well, he uses a lot of motion too. To get. Matchups, And he
3: probably got that from him with his time in Alabama, right, I would think, Paul?
5: I would think it's probably part of it. I mean, I, I did a Bills-Jets game earlier this year for, for Bills Radio, and, you know, uh, they exploded that day. It was like their best offensive output. They just absolutely destroyed gangrene. And I saw all kinds of things. I mean, the, the flat passes, the deep stuff, the, the corner routes, the stuff over the middle. There was nothing there that was just – like, solely identifiable to a particular kind of offense. They had such a mixture of things. And I was saying to myself, wow, you know, why is this like the best game of the year? I know the Jets weren't particularly very good, but I was thinking to myself, if they can replicate this going through the second half of the season, they're probably going to the Super Bowl because they looked unstoppable. They did a little of everything. I mean, you talk about putting a lot of spices into that sauce on the stove. Holy smokes. They were
3: sixth in the league in pass attempts of 20 or more yards, tied with the Packers with 85. Uh, That's one interesting thing there. Uh, Let me try try to find a couple other ones here that I think might interest people. Um, I'm looking for play action rate, if I can find that very quickly. Um, Play action pass percentage. There it is. In terms of play action last year, the bill, or this year rather, I should say, uh, the Bills ranked oh, the top, the third highest in the league. Jeff, you were right about that. Thirty-three percent of their pass plays were play action, which is the third highest rate. So those are just a couple of, of the important metrics that 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 teams kind of look at that I think are interesting.
4: Can I add something there? Yeah, please. What do you got? So when you're talking about uh, Pete, the last caller about the running game, and actually how and and what Paul had said about mixing in, if you have an offense that He was saying didn't include a Saquon Barkley. Imagine having a healthy Saquon Barkley in a healthy running game. How much would that would uh, benefit your play action game if that's so-called what your offense likes to be a part of if you have a heck of a running game. So that to me, I think if I'm Brian Dayball and I've got number 26 on my team and I'm the head coach, I'm going to incorporate that into my game planning every single week. I mean, look at Singletary. He's not even a fraction of what Saquon Barkley yeah. is
5: talent-wise, right? Yeah. yeah. And and look I what like they him. were able to do with that. I mean, <laughs> man, it's pretty good.
3: 201 939 Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Joe in Pennsylvania is up next. Hey, Joe. Joe
7: Pa. Hi, guys. I, uh, I did hear Jeff said he, he wanted to go offensive coordinator. Hey, Joe, but, uh, Joe, Joe,
3: Joe, your phone. We could barely hear you. Um, do me a favor. I, I literally cannot hear what you're saying. I think we just lost him. All right, you we... got me now or no? Nah, Joe, it sounds really bad. We could barely hear you, Sounds man. like you're sick, Joe. Yeah. you
4: got a sick it, line. Is that
3: any better? No. No. Nah. Yeah. No, Calls back, Joe. We appreciate the call, man. Okay, Thanks, dude. Bye. Sorry about that. If you, you, you call back, I'll make bill, sure Joe. I get you right back up. All right, let's go to Big... <laughs> In Trenton, New Jersey, he's up next. What's going on,
2: Big? Hey, what's going on? What's happening? Hi, how's everybody? We're great. I got a, I got a, one question for everybody. I want to know what, what's your preference on the head coach? If if any of you guys have a preference, like who would you choose if you're in the, in the shoes of a GM? Look, um, my, preference is, my preference is Dable, but I want to get you guys' take on.
3: Hey, look, I, I know I can probably speak for Jeff and I. Going into this process, we kind of sat here and like, we want to work on the offense. So I think you can, you know, try to figure out what, what our preference is there. Um, but, Paul, I mean, it's, it's just, first of all, we don't even know what the what the full search parameters are. But, Paul, what's your take on that?
5: Well, if you said to me if it was a clean slate and what would I want from my head coach, I would want a guy who has been a head coach in the National Football League before I would like him to have at least gotten to a conference championship game. Uh, I would probably not want a guy who was too far removed from the generation gap of of coaches. In other words, you know, with all due respect to someone like Bruce Arians, who's been doing this for a long time, is a little bit on the older side of a head coach who I'd want to hire because the guy that I hire today, I'd like him to be around for eight to ten years and so i'd like him to be you know i'd like him to start this job probably in his late 40s early 50s i mean i've given you a lot of boxes to check and to this point of the guys the giants have talked to there is one guy who checks those boxes now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you know that that he's the lock stock and barrel answer for me because look i haven't talked to this guy i you know until you sit down and you interview him and you find out who does he want for his coordinators? Who does he want for his offensive line coach? Those things are critical. But in terms of in a bubble, the offensive uh, – the, the head coaching checklist that I just gave you is, is where I would be looking for this Mr. X. So
2: you're, you're pretty much talking about like a Dan Quinn kind of person, an experience. He
5: fits, the, he fits the that least. checklist the best without, again, peeling back the other layers of the onion – to where I would want to know what is his staff going to be.
2: I got you. I got you. That, that's all I have. I just I love the show. I listened to it. I became I became a nurse in twenty twenty of May, so I'm I'm, you know, through the whole pandemic. Okay. So I still I've been I've been listening, to, you know, from the exception of the show, I've been listening and um I can't call as much as I used to, but I, I still enjoy the show every every Big, every I night work.
3: You picked a hell of a time to become a nurse, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Like really? Hey,
2: listen, listen. I'm in my, I'm in my, I'm in my, I'm in my, my, my early forties, and trust me, it was, it was, it's, 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 it's tough. Let me tell you, this, it's tough. I got, I got 25 COVID patients now that I deal with every day. So yeah, it's pretty tough. God bless <laughs> you, man. Thanks tough. for everything you do, doing. Nah, thank, nah, hang in there, thank nah, man, work, man. Thank you for your hard work, man. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you, y'all. Take care. You're Appreciate well. it.
3: Whew. God bless him.
5: <laughs> it yeah, can't be easy. uh man. That is uh, extremely admirable, and he 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 can't get enough hours in the day to do what he's got to do. Yeah. yeah,
3: and you know, hopefully, everyone obviously stays well. Um, that's you know, dealing you know, because obviously you deal with all these <clears> patients, <throat> you get the you know, you get exposed and all that stuff. Hopefully, yeah. um, doing okay. All right, let's go back to the phones at 201-939-4513. Joe in Pennsylvania is back. We'll try his line again. Joe, what's up?
7: Uh, hello. Is it any clearer? Yes,
3: that it sounds crystal clear, Joe. What's up?
7: Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I did hear where Jeff said he wanted an offensive coordinator. I believe. What was your? Do you have a John and Paul? Do you have offense or defense there? Um,
3: yeah, uh,
5: offense for me. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> ding,
4: ding, 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 ding. My,
5: my head coach is a CEO. He's not a coordinator. He's not calling plays. That's uh, okay. that's just me. I, I,
7: yeah, I, I I sort of just think what, especially if you look at what happened in the playoffs, everybody's scoring big, and it, it was even like uh, uh, Kansas City against Buffalo. I think there was the number one defense there. They're scoring 40 points. I, I think you know it, 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 the game's set for an offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I I really think uh, that that's what we would could use there. And uh, I, I was wondering now with our draft because uh, I'm worried about Daniel playing and being injured. If for, like our first pick, say we go offensive line, and then our second pick if we could possibly trade down and if there was a quarterback we we like get a quarterback and another player just that we would have to, to groom them, and uh, it wouldn't cost us as much. I, I don't know what you would think about that idea if there was a quarterback he could get you know they say, say in the teens there somewhere and uh, uh another player that we could groom and give Daniel half the first uh season as long as things are going good with him that's fine if not we have that quarterback in in the back there and and that's like a uh, a uh, uh, money too in the bank there what do you think
4: i think that i think that you got to look at who the quarterbacks are coming out this season Um, out of college make your assessment if that's somebody that you feel like you're really interested in if not this is my this is me Joe this is not anybody else Um, if I don't like any of those quarterbacks I am going to bring in competition for Daniel Jones at a veteran position let them compete Uh, whoever wins the job go through the season with your quarterback that way and use my number one picks to jockey for more picks for next year in 2023 when there's more quarterbacks coming out um, or use them to try to build your offense in you know offensive line or what have you mm, but yeah. I, I, I'm not too high within we're just starting the the draft process here on big blue with all the guys here so I, I don't know if there' the consensus is that there's so many great quarterbacks in this draft which I don't think there are
7: yeah I you know so I, I don't know, but I was just thinking that we don't have the money to spend on a backup, and I don't think we're going to get a real good one. And that's why I thought maybe the chances are we could hit something, uh, you know, in the draft there. Uh, well, wouldn't you rather, about,
4: Joe, wouldn't you rather, like, try to find a little bit of money for a backup quarterback position that wants to come in here and compete uh, rather than give up a quarterback, uh, one of your picks? I don't and, uh, I, I don't know.
7: I just don't know who we're going to get because I think we've been trying the last few years, and I, I, I Well, don't you don't know
4: who the head coach has the relationships with, uh, offensive coordinator, anybody that you know. There might be some guys out there that they have good relationships with that they could say, "Hey, come on All in here right. and compete."
7: Did our defensive coordinator get a uh, a chance for an interview? I did hear some stuff. Uh, the- that
3: has that has not been announced yet.
7: That has not been announced. Okay, and the only other thing I have to say, I think uh, Kansas City won the game because they won the coin toss. What do you think about that? So that's about it. Bye.
4: I nice. appreciate it. Boy, Joe. that's a whole other ball of wax there. I think, you know. You know what
3: proposition <sighs> that apparently that I really like that I think this actually makes some more sense? Um, Peter Schrager mentioned this on Good Morning Football this morning, that I guess the Chiefs a few years ago – suggested that you determine before the game who's going to get the ball to start overtime. You know, however you figure it out, you figure it out. So then at least the teams know when you're ending regulation how to plan their strategy based on how overtime's going to go. So, you know, then maybe a team might, you know, be apt to go for two if they know the other team's going to get the ball to start overtime. I thought that was interesting. It is. Which which kind of (laughs) keeps... Keeps you thinking, man. yeah, and you wow. know it keeps defense as, as 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 part of the factor here. But it at least gives that team, where if, look, <laughs> I don't want to kick off to start overtime. I'm gonna, I feel better about going for two. It at yeah. least gives them that option. I thought that was a. I think the Chiefs actually suggested it, believe it or not, according
4: <laughs> to him. I, I thought that was a very interesting idea. You, you know what I'm thinking here, guys? <laughs> you got the you got the coin toss at the beginning of the game. Okay, yeah, we we elect to defer. There's that Okay, guys. Here we go now. This is the overtime. It's like a gender reveal. (laughs) It's like, okay, who's going to get the ball at overtime? This is how it's going to be. It's a whole separate thing, right? So, I I mean – I, I like the idea I think it's it, you have to talk about it a little bit more but I'm just I'm just kind of being funny like can you imagine that there'll be a separate somehow some way they got to determine who's going to get the ball in overtime first some way you know I don't know you see the
5: problem here guys and and the sudden death overtime which you know the greatest game ever played back in 1958 with the Giants and the Colts I mean that was cool in those days but here's the problem you start overtime the team gets the coin toss right? All the rules have been designed to help the offense in the passing game. Everything this league has done is designed to help teams score points. So it's not a 50-50 proposition anymore. And then on top of that, you've got these robo-kickers who can hit them from 60. So in truth, if you have sudden death overtime today, it is not nearly as fair as sudden death overtime was 30, 40, 50 years ago. Because the team that wins the toss and gets the ball first absolutely has a better chance, in my mind, because of the way the game is morphed and the strength of these kickers, they've got a much better chance of, of scoring points and getting on the board to beat you.
4: Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think that... You with me, you, Jeff? Well, I, I, I am with you there. I think that absolutely. Because, you know, even if they do score a field goal then the defense stops the other team, they win, you know, so they get a first chance at, I I don't know, this is, I'm split down the middle on this, I'm playing both sides of defense, I like the fact that if you can't stop the other team, you lose, okay, that's a tough way to do it, but I also feel like, you know, I think each team should get a chance to, uh, you know, if the other team scores a touchdown, you gotta do it, you gotta, you know, I mean, that's not easy, Right? I mean, it's not easy just to, if the other team scores. You can say, okay, guys, we got to score a touchdown. Let's just match them. It's not that easy. Um, and in fact, there's a lot more pressure on them to do that because if not, they're going to lose the game. I just think it's just, it's hard. It's really hard. It's a hard out, isn't it? I mean, guy, the, the Bills, they never got a chance after all that they did. And they lose the toy toss. And I mean, I don't know. What do you think, John? I, I, I know you guys have taught about this, but I think it's, it's hard to decide, in my opinion.
3: I don't like the college rules. Because no, I, I don't think, hope we never. I, go I to think that, that kind of takes you know terrible. It's just red zone offense. Like 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 that. Exactly. Or, that, that doesn't interest me. I do think. I think I've heard. I, I like the idea where again you know who gets the ball first, um, and then you you know adjust your strategy accordingly. Another interesting concept I've seen is that the team gets to decide and this is kind of really, you know, off the beaten path, you know, a team gets to either decide where the ball is, you know, placed to start or what team has the ball, and then the other team picks the other one, so that kind of puts strategy into it, like, well, where are you going to give them the ball based on who has it? So there are, look, I I just don't think, I think at this point, I'm with Paul, I think you have to give both teams a chance to to have the ball in some way, shape, or form. I think you have to.
4: I mean, maybe maybe you take out, the first possession field goals. You know, you can't kick a field goal in the first possession. Well, you look,
3: they to. already solved that
4: part, though, right? Because if you kick a field goal, the other team still gets the ball. Yeah. So yeah. Th- that mm-hmm. part's already solved. I guess so. Okay. Yeah, so many discussionary points. Um, I just would like to see – I honestly, I, I would like to see the other team have a chance um, because it's just, it's just so, like, anticlimactic wouldn't happen the other night. Like, boom, it's over. That's it. Go home. And could you – guys, I haven't talked to you since the game – did you see the look on Josh Allen's face when there was 13 seconds left? All his, all his teammates were jumping around for joy. He was sitting on the bench with that blank stare on mm-hmm. his face going, "He knew. Oh, my God, guys, you better calm down. You know who's over on the other sideline? Uh, it's not over. And remember this. <laughs> I was thinking of this the other day when, when I was watching that game. In 2003, Paul, you'll remember this, 2003 against the Dallas Cowboys, we went up with 11 seconds left in the game. I sure do. We kicked the ball out of bounds. Mm-hmm. They got the ball to 40. They threw one pass. Nick Folt, 56yard field goal, That's right. game over. 11 seconds. It's never over till it's over. <laughs> Again, you Robo kickers now. you know <sighs> And the even that, that, guys listen, that was a
5: long time, defense ago. and then all of a sudden the robo kicker nails you.: I know. I know. But. Hey, guys, I I know we're kind of running out of time. John, did you want to get another call in here before? Because there's one point I wanted to make with you fellas, and I was hoping we could we could get it in before the show I have around. two calls
3: on the line, so how about I get through these guys pretty quick, and then right. we will get to your point, okay? Yep. Yep. Let's go to Peter in Florida. He's up next. Peter, what's going on, man?
8: Hey, guys, how you doing? I'll be quick for you. Um, so a couple quick things, and then I had a question for you guys. Sure. First thing, I really like the uh, Joe Shane hire. I'm kind of excited because he's got the uh, – college slash pro experience with the, you know, analyzing guys. So uh, I wonder what's going to happen to Chris Pettit, but uh, it's kind of refreshing that we have a new new set of eyes that wasn't in the building that's kind of going to revamp this from the get. Uh, also, I guess the guy that I'm hoping for for a head coach, I really like Leslie Frazier. Um, I think it's, you know, it's nice to have a an offensive mind, and you guys had valid points about if you grab a a really good play caller, make him the head coach, it's not as likely he's going to leave as opposed to just getting a, a defensive head coach, and then they could um you know they'll poach him so valid, valid, but I love Liz, Leslie Frazier because he's got that um head coaching experience, and I think that in my eyes trumps the dynamic play caller that you can kind of upgrade to the head coach spot. Um, so that's just my, my two cents for what that's worth. The question I have for you guys, I know the uh, Senior Bowl is coming up. Uh, one, are, are all of you guys going, or is it just John? And then uh, I had a follow-up question. I
3: think Senior Bowl is just going to be me. That's what it looks like right oh, now, okay. but we'll see.
8: So being that you know, I haven't been excited for Giants football in quite a while, and this weekend kind of triggered my emotions to start listening to the, to the, the shows and NFL again, uh, my question for you is, who are you guys excited – well, John, who are you excited to see at the Senior Bowl? And, you know, Figs and, and Paul, who, who are you guys, like, looking forward to kind of hearing about, to kind of see what uh, what they're worth?
3: Hook, honestly, I've been – and, Pete, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, I've been sure. doing a, a lot of work on the coaches and stuff like that. So I have a list of Senior Bowl guys that I'm looking forward to seeing, um, but I haven't done really any work on them. I looked at, like, five or six college guys this week, some of the guys at the top of the draft class. Um, I mean, Devin Lloyd from Utah is, is one of the big guys that has top ten hype that's going to be there. Other than that, I think you want to see what quarterback kind of emerges, that right? That's my question. And yeah. then you try to look for interior offensive linemen that maybe might pop up in the, you know, second, third round. And I think, remember, Senior Bowl's not about first-round picks generally, right? You know, most of the guys in the first round, you're going to have you know a lot of underclassmen and stuff. But the sec day two, that is Senior Bowl central. So you're looking for guys, and my focus is going to be on interior offensive linemen that maybe you can find in that second or third round that might be there that might be able to help the Giants out. At least, at least that's what my thought process is. You guys, no?
5: Well, I Um, mean, you're right, John. The Senior Bowl is not just all first round picks. There's a lot more
4: to it than that. So I, I agree with what you said. Yeah, I, I think the senior bowl is more about the, the second rounders, third rounders, guys that you can get some depth at your your team with. Because I feel like the, you know, the other parts of the first rounder guys, they're all those, you know, all the workouts you're going to go to the combine, although a lot of them don't really do anything. But and the they don't go is, to that game too, Jeff. A lot yeah, of the first rounders right. don't go; they're afraid to get hurt. Yeah, but but you know, as John knows, he's been there, you know, many times that you get some of these guys that, you know, from the uh, from the FCS schools that kind of come and compete you like to see those guys. And, you know, I know that they're not going to, you know, they're going to make your team and make it a hundred percent better. But I mean, it's always nice to see some of those other people. To me, I am I told you this, even I was hoping a chance to go there or not, or whatever it is, but I'm, I would watch the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen. I would be there because I feel like those are kind of needs on both sides of the football that the Giants need. And then also, obviously you would see a lot of the quarterbacks because you know, once those guys go all to the individual drills, they come and do the team stuff, and that's when you can really see the quarterbacks. So um, great competition down there when you look at it. And, and luckily you can watch it on TV, which is a good thing. 201-939-4513.
3: Donnie in Queens will wrap us up today. Donnie. Uh, Donnie. Yeah, hey,
0: hey, hey, guys. I'll make it quick for you. Um, I kind of agree with both sides of this coaching hire. I want an experienced guy, but I also want a – uh, offensive guy, so I'm I'm surprised that we haven't heard anything confirmed with Doug Peterson um, getting an interview. I, I don't even know if I've heard him anywhere. I think maybe Chicago he might have interviewed for. Jacksonville, I think, who, too. I think
3: Jacksonville, Donnie, I think,
0: maybe. Yeah, this is a guy who won our division, what, three, four years ago? You know, who, who knows the division well. I understand there might be some bad blood over the, the final game of – last season but i'm really surprised he's not a candidate and then just on the overtime rule i always thought this would be a good thing the team that gets the ball first if they score a touchdown they have to go for two if they get it the game is over if not the other team gets the ball they can kick the extra point for the win uh if it goes to field goals you kind of just stick with the same rules they have now where you know after the two field goals it becomes a a sudden death rule so i I like that i think that's a good one that's got some yeah because it just is a little bit different um and I know you guys are trying to wrap the show up, so I'll, I'll hop off the line. But good yeah, point. If, if any of you guys have any information on Doug Peterson and maybe why he's not being uh, interviewed, I'll, I'll
3: hang up and listen. Thank you, Donnie. I I don't know why Doug Peterson
4: hasn't been mentioned.
3: To I be saw on the list, John. <clears throat> no, but I mean, I, I don't know why he wouldn't be in the mix for the Giants. I don't know oh, what the I, thinking is. I have no idea. Don't know.
4: From the terms of an offensive guy, I mean, obviously, he's pretty pretty impressive what they what he did offensively. Um, you know, play caller, play creations. Things like that. it's Philly special, you know, so I don't know. That's a good question. And Of course,
3: Peterson is from the from the West Coast school.
4: Yes, 100 Mm -hmm. Um, percent. Yeah. But hey, sometimes, you know, there is bad blood. (laughs) You never know. Yeah, I would doubt that would have. I'm just saying it it just to be funny about it. You know, I mean, whatever it is. uh, He is a good coach, though. He's a good coach we'll speaking of this Go coach ahead. thing, and yep. this
5: is the point, and it actually builds off of this whole coach question and why I don't put much stock in this thing about you got to have an offensive-minded head coach because you're afraid the guy's going to get poached. I don't put much in that, and the reason is simple. For example, the Buffalo Bills, Brian Dable, hot offensive coordinator. He's there for four years. Yeah, you no, 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 no. Time out, time out. Go ahead. They
3: were the tw- 30th-ranked offense in 2018 and the 24th-ranked offense in 2019.
5: Right. So, of course, you're not going to try to poach him after two bad years. Oh, uh, uh, all right. I'm throwing his name out there just as an example because off the top of my head, I don't have one to give you. How about Eric Bien- Okay. That guy's been rumored now for, what, three, four years? People have been saying At he should be three. in the head coaching search. But, again, not not a play caller. I know. I'm trying to give you, a, a Mr. X. Okay, no, my, Paul. That's my point. There is no Mr. X. No, no. Here, OGs you know, no. My, my what I'm going to explain to you is appropriate. It okay. doesn't have to do sure. with a particular I'm guy. I'm sorry.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm Mr.
5: Sorry. X is the offensive coordinator. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chances are, Mr. X, even if he has one good year. He's not going to get calls to be a head coach after just having one good season with a, with a team. Even Dayballs had a couple of good seasons with Josh no, Allen. That's fair. Okay? So what happens is you, you hire the guy to be a really good OC. He, you're going to have him for at least two years. I don't know if you'll have him longer than that, but you'll have him for at least two years. He'll be working with that quarterback who has a quarterback's coach. And you know what happens after that OC if he goes somewhere else as a head coach? Your quarterback's coach is the line of symmetry who becomes your next offensive coordinator. And then you have him for at least another two years. So now you've already extended it. You've got four years in the same system. If your team is any good and your head coach stays and your quarterback is good and you guys win, you'll probably have the guy for at least four You know. Uh, two people who are symmetrical in the system for a minimum
3: of four years. Well, you can have the same system, no question, but there's no guarantee that second guy is going to be as good as your first guy.
5: But if he's already the quarterback's coach for a couple years and you promote him to OC because he's supposed to be good, then what's the loss? I don't, I don't care if the OC leaves. But, I, but Paul, I, you're assuming that the quarterback coach is good. But that's your whole point. You're telling me that you're afraid. You're giving me a, a phobia that, oh, if the OC coach is good, he's going to get he's gonna get plucked. He'll get pilfered. Yeah. I'm saying, who cares? doesn't matter to me. My good quarterback's coach no, who's been working with the QB will be the next coach guy. He's good. And if he's not, then it doesn't matter because he's going to get canned anyway. So neither one of us are going to have a guy. What's the problem? No, I'm always going to have my guy because I have my head coach. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, but <laughs> you may not. If your OC is really bad and your offense is really bad, your head coach may not last two years either. Look, no, you the think the Bills care? Well, Brian Dable has been in that position before. <laughs> right? Do you think you think Dable? You think the Bills care if Dable leaves? They're going to yeah. promote. They're going to promote Ken Dorsey probably. Okay, that's great. That doesn't. So mean... Josh Allen will be very happy. I'm not letting that phobia deter me from hiring the guy that I want to hire. I'm not going to let that phobia say to me, "Oh, I got to hire an offensive-minded head coach because I'm afraid my coordinator is going to get plucked." I just, I, I'm sorry, I think that's no, ridiculous. No, 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 no. You no, can no, have no, that no, feeling, Paul, but I'm, I'm not buying it.
3: No, you're, you're getting it reverse. I'm not saying I'm hot. Hi- if you hire an offensive-minded head coach, it doesn't matter if your OC gets plucked because you still have the architect of your offense and your head coach. Right. So I'm eliminating that as, 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 as something that even matters because you have your guy that runs your offense as your head coach.
5: And has the authority to say yeah, you're going to run they this do, offense but if, but if they do poorly, then he's out too. So we, they, No, but
3: they, the, Paul, the whole point. <laughs> Paul, I'm hiring a guy that I know knows how to run a good offense. Of course, if he's not good at that, you're going to flush him out. But my point is that you have a much better chance of finding a – let me put it this way. If there's an offensive coordinator you know is really good, right? And you hire him to be your head coach. Right. You have a high level of confidence that that guy knows how to run an offense because you've seen him do it before. Right. Correct? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Now, that head, now, that guy's your head coach. You have to go hire – or you hire anyone who's your head coach. Now you have to go hire an offensive coordinator. Well, you're not going to be able to take somebody that's a good offensive coordinator on another team and install him as your offensive coordinator because guys don't make lateral moves. So right. you're going to have to go and find some position coach that you don't know if he's a good offensive coordinator and bring him in. So you're taking a chance on that side of the ball because you're bringing in somebody that hasn't necessarily done the job before. While if you hire the former OC as your head coach, you know he's already the guy that's you know designing your offense and and even if he's not calling the place, he's the guy that has the structure in place for you. Architect. So exactly. So if you're hiring somebody that hasn't done the OC job before, that's okay because you have your head coach in place and he's going to be the guy that's the driving
5: force of your offense anyway. All right, but on the flip side of that, and I, I, that's I, 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 okay. What you're saying is okay. But on the flip side of it, my thought was you guys were arguing against, or you weren't arguing, I shouldn't say. You weren't arguing. But the flip of that was you were telling me you had a phobia that if you hired, a defensive-oriented head coach, and he had to go get a good O.C., you were telling me, unless I'm not hearing you, there's a phobia he's going to get plucked. Well, no, look, there there are two parts of it. One,
3: it's hard to find the guy initially, right? Because, you, again, you have to find either someone that failed somewhere else or you have to find a position coach that's never done the job before. So there's a risk in your O.C., you know, who knows if he's going to be good to begin with. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it is you're correct. If you hire somebody that if you hire somebody that's, you know, really good and he's awesome for two years, then you have a chance
5: to lose him. Right. Yes, that is correct. And that phobia does not does not compute for me at all. I'm not the least bit worried about that. Weren't you just worried about Patrick Ram being
3: taken away as the Giants DC? No, but that, that wouldn't he, have bothered no, no, but, you. But but
5: here, was here, the thing. There are there are so many guys out there. For example, John Filippo was a very hot offensive assistant just two years ago, mm-hmm. right? He's mm-hmm. a free agent right now. I have absolutely no problem, and I'm using this name just because he's a free no, agent. I am not using it for any other reason. I hear you. I got no problem with that. Okay, Mark Tressman been an offensive guy in this league for a long time. Got a got a got a lot of pelts Mark on his belt. Mark Tressman, absolutely. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't know who he is. No, no I, no. I know, I well know what his experience is. Did not that go well for him in Chicago? No, I, Okay, so he had a bad, he's, he had a bad run, but he also didn't have necessarily the, the greatest talent with him either. The well, point, I'm giving you names no, only I, because the point is the shelf isn't bare. The truth of the matter is, and I started thinking about this last night, there are certainly guys who have offensive game planning experience who are available who You'll be able to get, and if the Giants hire a defensive oriented head coach, and by the way, to this point, the list is heavily tilted towards a defensive guy. Sure, I'm not worried about getting an offensive guy, I'm really not. You so you will, you, you can just
3: wow, that, that's that, I'm that's that's a very I'm not that worried is about their attitude for a position that that's important. I'm, I'm not, totally th- I,
4: I think they can get somebody. Go ahead, Jeff. I think no, they I just, can get I, somebody. Uh, well. Well, again, remember, we can't go snag an offensive coordinator from another team to make a lateral move unless you make him the assistant head coach, right? I mean, I guess that. could be. I mean, be you guys
5: assistant. are like pushing me. You want Brian Schottenheimer? No, uh, you don't want him. Okay. No, I don't. I'm just, I'm just giving you names because you seem to like be grasping. You, you want something on your plate? I'm trying to give you names. I don't, I don't have names. I'm just simply telling you. I don't like you, any of the names you gave me. I'm simply telling you, <laughs> I I believe that it's not as hard as you think to get an OC who's going to do a good job. And then if he does wind up leaving in a couple of years, three, three, two years, three years, whatever it is, I'll just take that quarterback's coach who was working with him and move him up. Look, See, here's what uh, uh, you guys forget. was the Giants' uh, oh. offensive coordinator under Coughlin, right? Coughlin wound up t- deciding he was going to change him out and who was the quarterback's coach Kevin Gilbride he promoted Gilbride to OC and the Giants went on for years doing fine it can happen no paul look it, it can happen it's not a phobia is not going to not going to put a barrier up for me no, it's just not
3: and look you can find and if, if if all you're looking for is adequate i can find okay that's great i'm aiming for more than that gilbride was a hell of a lot more than adequate Oh, he was also a former head coach. He's someone that, you know, revolutionized that entire offense and got a head coaching job as an offensive coordinator and then lost that job and just wasn't rehired as a head coach. If he didn't have that prior experience as being hired as a head coach and then being let go, he probably wouldn't have lasted for the
5: Giants all those years either. Yeah, but see, the point of the matter is here is that just because we don't have a pool of these Next offensive coordinators on the tip of our tongues doesn't mean there aren't guys out there. No, there and are, but they're
3: all risks. They're all
4: bigger big risks. Because than I, the
3: guy that I that I would try to hire. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Well, Go ahead. no. Ex-
4: I, I'm. I'm. Listen. I, I. I. just feel like I'm not. I. I'm not ready for another risk. I mean, this team is, needs there, to is Dirk win.
5: Cutter a risk? He's been in this league how many years? Is he? Is he I, a I, risk? I,
4: yes, he's a risk.
5: He is. Yeah. You you his resume means nothing to you. That's a to, resume, He's a total
4: risk. No, I'm what I what I need is I need I don't want I don't want a retread. I don't want somebody like that. I don't. I I really don't. Well, I, well that and that's okay. You don't you don't have to want yeah, I don't I don't have some to innovation. want someone who
5: has need, coordinator I, experience. You don't have to do that. I, I'm just giving you names of guys who have had experience who I you know what? I wouldn't mind talking to them. No, but Paul, and again,
3: those guys. Like, they'll, look, is Dirk Cutter going to do a professional job as your offensive coordinator? Sure, but is he going to like be like super innovative and do all sorts of cool stuff
4: that I think moves your offense forward? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, nobody does. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars; just they just hired McAdoo. Okay, he's been out of it for a while. They brought him uh, back. the Panthers. The Panthers. The Panthers. Excuse Panthers me. Did. So, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a prime situation of them going and kind of going back to somebody that had success with the Giants. Remember they. They had a pretty good offense when he was running that that show. At well, one, there you one, go. See? So, they,
5: they, they found somebody they, who they, they think did. can do the they job. Uh, okay. At, I, no, I, and, I, and
4: I don't think it's a matter of if can they go find somebody. Yes, they can. Of course can. they can, yes. It's, it's, this is a matter of preference, and I think that John and I are agreeing, at least I, I'm saying to myself, is that I can have two birds. I can kill two birds with one stone. I can have a head coach here with an offensive mind that has been an offensive coordinator that will be very heavily involved in how to run an offense and then be able to have to pick another guy that maybe hasn't been an offensive coordinator to work collectively together. And maybe Brian Dable, he does call the plays on game day and has a passing coordinator, running coordinator, whatever. But I feel more confident at that because I have, I know what Brian Dable has done today. Would you like David Culley? There's
5: a good name for you. Guy was a hell of an, uh, an offensive assistant. Didn't work out as a head coach, but a hell of an assistant. You don't think he'd be willing to take an OC job right now? Sh- sure he would. Sure he would. I, just I don't think know he would. About but, him. And, and he's kind of new, right? Yeah. yeah. He's kinda a little more nouveau. He's done a, Kansas City, Buffalo, Ravens. He's done some nouveau things. He's pretty creative. He's never called plays yeah, but he's been on the offensive side of the ball, <laughs> and he's been a senior. He's been an no, assistant Paul, head coach, senior risk. offensive assistant. How do you know he can't do it? No, but that's I don't know. He was and the passing game coordinator you. for the Ravens. How could how, how could he not call plays?
3: Right, they, they you all go, can
4: call plays. Yes, I we mean,
3: all know they can do it. The question is the level of risk. And again, you're right. If they hire Dan Quinn as their head coach, is he going to be able to find an offensive coordinator that's called plays in this league and has some tracker of the success? Yes, he he's going to be able to find that guy. No and, John, don't about you it. believe, All like
4: right. we talked about this at the beginning of the show, that don't you believe that was one of the bigger questions that, you, that the management asked Dan Quinn oh, about who, no que- who your offensive guy going to be? Because absolutely. that's important. It's exactly the conversation that we're having right now. They probably right. had it for four hours. We right. are. And, Paul, <laughs> we are.
3: there's no question. If they hire, again, any of these defensive or CEO head coaches, whoever you want to talk about, if they hire them, will you be able to find an offensive coordinator out there that, you know, at one point was regarded very well and has called plays in this league and has been an offensive coordinator before? Yeah, you could find that guy. Of course you can. There's a bunch of those guys out there. You mentioned a few of them. No question about it. But the question is, Jeff and I want to maximize your return on that position so much that we want to do that as the head coach so you never lose him. You have him in place. If you think he's great at that, you put him in place. Now, the Giants could finish his hiring process and say, well, all the guys we've talked to, we don't see the next Kyle Shanahan, right? We don't see the next Sean McVay, whatever. Whatever name you want to throw out there, right? We don't see that guy. So we don't want to make that higher. We're not going to bring in a, a guy that we don't think is a difference maker. Just, just, just so. And I totally get that too. That's fine. I'm not in in, in the interview process. I don't know what the decision making process is for these guys. But I think the only difference is in our conversation here, we agree that if you hire a defensive guy, you can find one of those you know guys that have done it before that'll do a fine job. Sure, absolutely. But it's more of I think a priority for Jeff and I to maximize. That
4: part of the hiring process, Jeff, right? I'm fair? right with you. I'm right with you. And yeah. and Paul, I'm not totally like disagreeing with you. This is just my preference. Oh, and yeah, I'm not me disagreeing
5: too. with you guys either. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. Please, please yeah, this understand isn't a right or wrong There's no conversation. right or wrong here. Yeah. There's yep. no right or wrong. Hindsight is always the clear vision of perfection. There's no question about that. So there's no right or wrong here. You guys have your preference, and you're fine to have it, and I have my preference, and I'm fine to have it. I'm simply saying to you guys that I could not be convinced to go to your side of the aisle on this one only because I can't see that poaching deal being a huge barrier for me. That's all. Okay, it doesn't and, mean that well, anybody's wrong. There. And again, it's, it's it's all about preference, right? And I think that's... No question. Right,
3: 100%. Some people and, like mustard I, on hamburgers. I, I, real other people for like ketchup. Me, and I, this be my okay.
4: What, what I like about Brian Dable as far as what he can bring to the table, I'll give you a scenario. It's almost... I, I, I like the sexiness of this. I like the way that that car looks sitting in a parking lot. Brand, I, I like it. I've seen it run. It runs fast. It's it, it does a lot of really great things that I don't have right now. And I'm hoping that maybe, you know, the engine can be spruced up a little bit, number eight, 26, you know, some of the the receivers. I mean, that excites me. Uh, and, And having a head coach, even though he hasn't been a head coach before, and I told you I would love to have one, but that type of guy kind of excites me a little bit. And knowing that he will be able to have, you know, full autonomy of the offense as being the head coach still kind of really makes sense to me. That's kind of because the offense to me has got to improve so much that I'm putting... I'd like to put all my eggs in my basket with that kind of a guy. Fellas, just
5: get me somebody who's going to win, okay? How about that? <laughs> <That's>,
4: yeah. that? Is <laughs> that all right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no
5: and problem. look, we might get to the end of this,
3: and the best guy for the job isn't an offensive guy. That could very
4: well end up uh, being uh, the case. You're right, John. You never know. And like you said, John, or Paul, hindsight, right? We don't know. It's 2020. We have no idea. It's just we're not going to find out until it's over and we're doing this next year. Yeah, I mean, they,
3: they could be done with one of these offensive gurus and say, oh, wow, this guy, he's going to run a great offense. But, boy, the way he talked to us, we think he's going to be dreadful at running the building. Like you don't hire yeah. that guy, then, yeah. right? And, yeah. You know, you don't. That 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 isn't the only box you're looking to check. You need to check the other box first. It's just a matter of what you prioritize. Anyway, okay. You guys, good. You want to wrap? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Okay. Let's go. Good show. I love that. No, I,
3: I, I, I think that was a great debate, and I think we came to a nice little conclusion. John, there. programming tomorrow. Let the people know. Yes. So the press conference, 1145, right, Paul? Is that what I saw in the email from PR? So, yes, sir. Uh, we'll cover that. I imagine they're going to stream that live uh, on Giants.com. Yes, it's the Giants already been announced. Oh, so there you go. So after that is done and all the after stuff is done, we will then have Big Blue kickoff live. One-ish, I'm guessing, but whenever that stuff ends, we'll pop on. So stay tuned to Giants.com, and you'll see when the show pops up. Thank you for that, Paul. I appreciate it. For Paul Dottino and Jeff Fegels, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you tomorrow for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live.